Thank you, Lord, for what you've already done in our hearts and lives today. And thank you, Jesus, that you're the good shepherd with good news to speak into our hearts today. And we pray that uh, we be thirsty, not just listen and assess it with our minds, but actually there'll be a thirst in our hearts to hear from our good shepherd, Jesus. Thank you. You've got nothing but good planned for each and every one of us. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you will take this word and really bring fruit, the fruit that glorifies Jesus and the fruit that blesses people through this word. In Jesus' name, amen. I shared last time I spoke, I think it was two weeks ago, on um, the Lord giving me a dream about returning to the simplicity that is in Christ, which is a scriptural reference from the book of Corinthians. And we began to unpack that a bit last time I spoke, and then we had a puppet show in the middle. Uh, And today I'd like to speak on simply trusting Jesus. Simply trusting Jesus. And the message of trust or faith or reliance on Jesus and on what he says, his word, you can never hear it enough. Because it's so important, the message of faith. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, if you think about that, that is a great uh, declaration if you, if you really analyze what the scripture is saying. That it isn't just our works that please God. It's our faith. And scripture says to put faith first before we work, because we're to do the works of faith. And so faith is something that pleases God, and I'm sure everybody in this room wants to. I think it'd be a no-brainer to have come to church, and unless you're questioning and finding out about God. But you know, if you know him, you want to please him. And so your personal faith is able to please God. And the second part of that verse of without faith it is impossible to please God is that he who comes to God must believe he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So faith in him and what he says is always rewarded by the Lord. Now I love that word rewards. And it's from the Bible, not from a style of church. I just thought I'd say that. It's not a style of church. It's from the Word of God, the Bible. It's always been there, even if you've never read it. But I, um, I, one of the things about faith is, I don't think we realize how blessed a life we can live when we have it. Jeremiah 17, verse 7 says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. That word trust is another word for faith. You're blessed. Now, the word blessed means you're empowered to prosper in every area of your life. And that doesn't just mean materially. It means relationally. It means emotionally, mentally, mentally. 
It means physically. It means blessed in the work you do and the things that God has called you to do to um, show him off, really, in your world and reach people. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. And it's simple. It's a simple uh, lifestyle of trust that Jesus has called us to live. But if you've lived long enough, you will know there's a lot that actually wars against that trust. There's a lot that is around to make you not trust. And Jesus, he said to all who would follow him, do not worry about your life, didn't he? When he spoke to his disciples, he says, do not worry or be anxious for anything. And there are multiple uh, words from God in the Bible that says, do not fear Do not be afraid. Why? Because worries, anxieties, and fears actually are designed by the enemy to stop you trusting God. And if you stop trusting God, you actually stop the flow of blessing and you stop the rewards. And so that's why Jesus said, do not Worry about your life. Your life consists of many things, as does mine. I have many things that go on in one given week. And if we were to write the story of everybody here and sum it up and those online, there would be a whole lot of stuff that goes on in your life and mine. And Jesus said it doesn't matter what the reason is to worry Do not worry about your life. Don't live with it. Don't walk around saying, I'm a real warrior. Christians should be saying, I'm a real truster, not a real warrior. Because worry actually damages your faith. And it damages the results that Jesus wants to bring into your life of his power and his goodness. In 1 Peter 5, 7, lots of you will know the scripture, but it's well worth repeating. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. And every person in this room, he's talking to you. And that would include me. Cast all. In other words, put them over onto Jesus. Isn't that simple? Cast all your cares onto him because he cares for you. Now, I was thinking about this. There are people who say they care about you but never do anything. Has anybody got those? I really care. I'm feeling very compassionate towards you. But they don't have the power or the resources or even the willingness to do anything about it. But Jesus said his care is very different from people's care. 
because he has huge resources that can never run out, but he's also got a great big heart of love and compassion to do you good. So what you give to him, he promises to show his care in real, material, experiential ways. It's not that you're just not to worry. It's that we're to expect him to start caring. And he does a better job of caring for us than we do for ourselves. Cast all your cares. Proverbs 29 verse 25 says this. The fear of man brings a snare. In other words, if you start to be so concerned and worried about people, you can end up in a trap. What people think, what people say, what people do, it's, it's a trap. But, let's say this out loud, whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Whoever trusts, conditional, trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Another translation gives the full meaning of that. Whoever puts their trust in him will be safe. Now that word put is an action word. If I was to put my hands up, I would do this. If I was to put my Bible down, I would do that. So whoever actively puts their trust in the Lord will be safe. That's a promise. You'll be protected, delivered from all evil, just simply acting in trust and reliance on a person who is 100% trustworthy and 100% for you and 100% able to change and do you good in any situation that you cast your cares onto him for. There's a famous man who was an incredible Christian in his lifetime and he had a call to look after children who had no parents to look after orphans and actually he he originated in Bristol that's where his mission was his name was George Muller has anybody heard of George Muller and he had this quote he would say this listen to this the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith the beginning of anxiety or worry or fear is the end of faith. So in other words, my faith is not going to work. It'll come to a stop as soon as I become anxious about something. But conversely, the beginning of faith is the end of anxiety. I like that bit. The beginning of faith is the end of anxiety. Isn't that a wonderful quote? And I thought about this. This man really knows Jesus. And he did. Because from nothing, he had to trust God to provide for all these children. He didn't have the income. And sometimes he would lay the table without food and ask the children to pray and thank God for the food that they hadn't yet seen arrive. 
And on one occasion, a hotel down the road had a cancelled function and sent all their food whilst the children were sitting there with nothing in the kitchen, nothing in the food store, nothing in the fridge, just thanking God that he was going to provide. And what showed up was silver service from the hotel down the road. And they brought it in, fed those children like kings and princesses and royalty. Isn't our God amazing? The beginning of faith is the end of anxiety and actually beginning of thanksgiving to God for what you haven't yet seen will come to pass because God cares for his people and he cares for people all over the world. Cast all, not not just a few, not the things you think you can manage. You know, I hear people say, well, I can manage that. It's manageable stress. Jesus says, do not manage stress, cast it. You see, he wants the end of self-sufficiency and the beginning of God-dependency. Jesus simply wants us to be a people who put their trust in him to do what we cannot do and to show himself strong on behalf of those whose loyalty is to him. In Deuteronomy, there is this amazing summary of a lesson that we can learn from, from the people of Israel, the people of God. And I'd rather learn the lesson from the word and what people did to go wrong than for me to learn by my own experience. Is anybody listening this morning? So in other words, teach me, Lord, by other people's mistakes so I don't make the same mistake. That's what the Word wants to do to you today. Teach me, Lord, so I don't make this mistake. Are you listening? Because there's a secret here for your life and your blessing and your future and also for others that you're going to bring with you into the kingdom. Deuteronomy, let's read it, verse 26. Nevertheless, now what's happening here? You wouldn't go up. They wouldn't go into the land of promise. God had brought them out of Egypt, brought them through the wilderness, and they're on the edge of going into this wonderful land flowing with milk and honey, incredible promises like ours in Christ. In Christ, we have an enriched inheritance. And this is Moses speaking to the people. He said, you won't go up because you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And you complained in your tents. Now, most of you don't live in one. You might be visiting one over the summer. But you complained in your tents and said, because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying the people are greater, they're taller than we are, the people are, are the cities are great and fortified up to heaven. Moreover, we've seen the sons of Anakim there. Then I said, this is Moses preaching, I said to you, do not be terrified or be afraid of them. What a faith preacher. The Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you according to all he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. 
And in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord carried you, love this, as a man carries his son, all the way to that place uh, you went until you came to this place. Yet, for all that, you did not believe or trust or rely on the Lord your God who went in the way before you to search out a place for you to pitch your tents to show you the way that you should go in the fire by night and the cloud by day. So, learning from them. Moses said, Guys, I want you to see and remember how God in his great power brought you out of Egypt under the power of of Satan and sin, how God brought his people out through his great deliverance, the cross of Jesus Christ. That's what that speaks of. Out from bondage and slavery to Satan and sin, God's mighty hand brought us out. We couldn't save ourselves. Then he said, and how I led you through the wilderness as a father carries his son. What a picture. You see, every Sunday morning, our dads come in with their kids. If they're young enough, they pick them up. They carry them. And this is a picture of God's heart of love for his people. And that is an amazing picture to have of Jesus. But you see, the, the, the worries and the concerns changed the picture the people had of God. They said, he hates us. He wants to destroy us. This is such a bad thing. Everything is bad around us. The giants are big. The problems are big. There are issues everywhere. We can't go in and do that because too many problems. They heard bad news and they took on board the bad news. And they didn't trust God. In spite of all that he had done for them to bring them to this place, they couldn't enter that land because of their unbelief. And their unbelief began with worries and fears and anxieties. Because it will always, if it's allowed to go on, stop your faith from working. And God wants your faith to be at work so he can work miracles in bringing you into every good thing that he has promised through his son, Jesus Christ. Trust is so different than what people think it is. Trust isn't just a mental agreement with the word are sitting here every Sunday saying, yes, that's true. To put our trust in Jesus, I'm going to use this illustration that I think is really um, a powerful illustration of what faith looks like. There was a man many years ago, and I forget his name. It's not important. And he had this, love of high wire walking he'd set up ropes across buildings or rivers and walk along this rope balancing his way across 
Anyway, he got so good at it, he set up a rope across Niagara Falls. Now, we've been to Niagara Falls. The no- Has anybody ever been to Niagara Falls? The noise is deafening. You're going to get wet. You need a coat on because of the spray. And the experience, everything around you says, do not do that. Anyway, this man, he got his um, wire across and he called for a crowd and he walked across. He did it numerous times in different ways. And one particular time, he decided to uh, wheel a wheelbarrow over. Hard enough in a garden, let alone on a highway. (laughs) So he wheels this wheelbarrow over the uh, Niagara Falls from America to Canada. And this man's watching in amongst the crowd, and he comes back to this man, and he sees this man is really impressed by this act. And this uh, high-wire walker says to this man, do you believe I can do this again? Yes, I believe you could do that again. And he says, no, do you really believe I could do that again? Gosh, yes, I, 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 I'm absolutely sure. I've seen you do it. I've seen you do this before. Ah, oh, but do, do you believe? And he said, yes, I believe. He says, okay, get in. The wheelbarrow. Because you only trust where you put your whole life into somebody else's hands and somebody else's ability to bring you through something to the other side. So faith isn't saying you believe. It is putting, transferring the care of your whole life over to another person because he cares for you. And Jesus' percentage of getting people through for those who trust him, is 100%. That man who walked across there, it wasn't 100%. He was good. But God will do everything he says he's going to do when any individual puts themselves in the wheelbarrow and says, it's over to you, Lord. I'm going to trust you and trust you will do what you say, and bring me from here to there. That's what the promises are. They're from here and into there. We're going somewhere, church, aren't we? We're not just believing something with our head. We're trusting in a person who is faithful and sure and reliable. He's a God who is a father who carried us and brought us through to where we are today. He is a faithful, wonderful saviour. And what he has done in our history and what he has done in the history of the word, he can do it again. And we're not just going to believe it up here. We're going to say, do it, Lord, again. I'm going in that wheelbarrow. I'm putting myself into your hands and into your care. Your future for me is your future. Not my health, not my circumstances. God's future is going to be my future. What he says he is going to do, that is what faith is and that's what's rewarded 
when we rely on him and say wholeheartedly, Lord. You see, Joshua and Caleb, God commended them for their faith. And they went in and possessed the land. God wanted everybody to. I could look out to you today and look at your life and say, God wants you to have it all. All his goodness, all his promises. Everything he's planned for your life. He doesn't want you not to. But unbelief keeps us out. And yes, there are going to be problems. Yes, there are going to be challenges. Yes, there are giants in the land. But whose report will you believe? Let's believe what Jesus says about who he is and what we can trust him for. The big things, the little things. Don't say you can handle it. Because if you handle it, you'll get your results. And let me tell you, he does better than you. His results with your life are better when we trust in him with all of our heart. Lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge him. In other words, walk with him. Let him guide you. Let him lead your life. Be the good shepherd, the one who is saying, this is my will for you. Saying, well, I I, I trust you because I can't do that. But I put myself in your wheelbarrow, Lord. Take me over into that experience. I'm going to the other side. Amen. And no matter what storms, what the noise of Niagara might be, I'm going to trust you. In the good times, the bad times, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you for my future. I'm going to trust you with my family. I'm going to trust you with my church. I'm going to trust you with my friends. I'm going to trust you with my money. I'm going to trust you with my work. I'm going to trust you that you'll bring me through to the day I've been your appointment for my death when I go to glory. Your, your will be done, Lord. Your will be done. Simply trusting Jesus. Casting all your concerns onto him. You, your cares, your worries, everything over onto him. Because he cares for you. Daniel um, was a faithful man. He believed God. And you know, on one occasion... Uh, when everybody was told they weren't allowed to pray, Daniel trusted God. He put himself in that wheelbarrow and he went to prayer. Three times a day he decided, nothing's going to stop me honoring my God. Nothing's going to stop me honoring God and putting him first. Even at the cost of my life. Well, you know, God loves to do miracles. And even though he was thrown into the lion's den, you know the story. God was with him. And those lions couldn't touch him because he who trusts in the Lord is kept safe. He who trusts the Lord is kept safe. And so the next day, the king, who actually rather liked Daniel, he was his favorite top guy. 
And he didn't know why he liked Daniel, but it was the God in Daniel and the God of Daniel. That was the reason he liked him. Because he was a man of integrity. He was a man of his word. He kept his word. And uh, so he went, the king went, couldn't sleep that night, went down to the room to where they'd locked him with the lions. Daniel, has your God been able? Oh, the world needs to know. Has your God, guys, been able to save you? We're serving a living God. Is our God able to save us? Is your God able to save you? And this little voice from in there didn't come back with a lion saying, I had a great meal. Daniel, oh king, live forever. My God saved me. And out he came. And you know what the king said? I'm going to read this to you. This is an unbeliever. Because of what God did for a believer, an unbeliever says, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of... Put your name in there. God of Judith. He is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one that shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers. Come on, let's say this out loud. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth who has delivered Judith from the power of the lions. Wow! The unsaved, people that don't know God, will say, your God, he delivers, he rescues, he saves, he preserves, he provides, he heals, he does what he has always done for those who will trust in him, wheelbarrow, wheelbarrow trust. Not head trust, heart. With all of my heart, I trust in you. I cannot, but you can. I can't work everything out, but you have it all worked out. I'm trusting. I can do my part. And I love the signs and wonders bit. How many of you want to see signs and wonders? Trust God. That's the formula. First believe and you will see the glory of God. Only believe. Only trust me, Jesus says. When things look like they can't be recovered, I am the God of recovery. I'm the God who is able to do far more than you could ask or imagine according to the power that is working us. Hebrews 11, final scripture. Oh my goodness, do we need parents like this? This is the faith of Moses' parents. Okay, now we know about Moses. We've heard a little bit about him. He was a faith preacher. Uh, he was a faith man. He, he had such a vision of God and, and, and people. It was amazing. But these are his mum and dad who remain unnamed except for in heaven and in the eternal word of God. And, you know, I, I'd just like you to think about this, even if you're not a parent. God has called you to care for 
and parent or disciple others. That our lives isn't just, it's not just about me, casting all my cares, because God's going to do miracles for me. It's about others. It's about the future of people, including children, grandchildren, friends, people we work with, how God wants to use our faith to reach many. But anyway, in this situation, by faith, it says, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith. Now, Moses didn't and couldn't have faith as a child, a baby. So this was definitely his parents' faith. And uh, it's amazing, you know. To believe for children and the next generation is actually something that God calls all of us to. To have faith for the next generation of believers. To see many come into salvation and be born again. That is, that is the goal that God has for our world. To come to faith in Jesus. Moses' parents um, lived in a time where the king, Pharaoh, had a decree that any male child that was born had to be destroyed. So all the male children of the people of God, you cannot imagine the grief. Uh, It's for real. This really happened. Were murdered, really, by this this law. And, um, you know, we live in quite a dangerous time for children. I just want to show you faith, what faith can do. I think it was worse then, because they killed the kids. But anyway, Moses' parents, first of all, when he was born, had three months with him at home. So they had faith to keep him safe while he was with them. Their faith went that far. God will protect. Because if anybody hears that there's a child in there and they find out it's a boy, he's dead. So they used their faith to protect the early stages of growth. Then when the child got too big, they used their faith to make a little ark or a um, basket with pitch to stop it from sinking, protect it from the water. And they put a three-month-old baby, for real, in this basket. Talk about wheelbarrows. Wheelbarrows and baskets. Put it into the basket, in amongst the, the bulrushes in the Nile. So rather than putting into the Nile to destroy it, they had faith that he would be safe. The parents had faith when they couldn't keep that child and they grew up and went to school and lived in an environment of teaching that they would never have wanted their kids to hear. 
Oh, happy day. The parents had faith. And you know, signs and wonders followed. Do you know what the signs and wonders were? Pharaoh's daughter shows up and hears, I think God went, poked Moses to cry at that point. Wee! From the bulrushes. Because our God is able where we put things and people into his hands, our God's able to bring the right people into the situation. It's incredible. With compassion, to be moved with compassion, and to literally love that child as if it was her own. Then, talk about a sign and wonder, sees Moses' sister standing on the bank saying, do you know anybody who can look after, in other words, nurse this child? Yeah, I know someone gets the mum. I'll pay. She got paid for raising her kid. She had him. She didn't leave the DNA of identity to Pharaoh's house. The identity came from the house of faith. I'm preaching now. The identity came from the household of God. The household of faith. Who you are. Moses always knew he had a call. Even though in Pharaoh he was educated by the best. The family raised their own in faith. And Moses' identity was more with the people of God. Raise up the next generation, Father. Moses' identity was with the people of God. God's people, not the people of the world. And basically, Jesus would say, where is your faith? I am able to do far more than you could ask or imagine. Don't trust in the arm of the flesh. Trust me. I am able to keep safe. I'm able to do it far more than you could ask or imagine. We're not hunkering down season. We're in a faith season because we have faith in a real God who can do far more than we could ever imagine. And there is the slow worry drip of the enemy going on, saying we can't do this. We can't raise our kids for God. We can't uh, uh, see a real faith generation rise up and take the promises and the land. God says, who are you looking at? Is your God big enough in your eyes? Because Moses' preachers need to rise. Joshua's and Caleb's need to rise and say, With God, all things are possible. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. If we try and hold on to our worries and our concerns for people, we don't let God begin to do what the only God can do. So if we cast, 
all our cares unto him. He'll begin the signs and wonders department of miracles. God is able. God is able. God is faithful. God loves you. He carried you this far. He's definitely going to show himself to be your loving heavenly father who's got all the goods to get the job done and more. Moses' parents, do you not admire this testimony today? Isn't it wonderful it's in there for us? That we can learn not just from the negative, that they didn't go in because they were afraid. But we can learn from the faith. The simple trust of releasing that child to God. And God rewarded them a thousand times over. And Moses became a great leader for the people of God. God used him mightily. We're tempted to worry about everybody and everything. Are we not? I I am constantly tempted as a pastor to worry about you. I I, I carry you. I, I carry you in my heart. If I don't see you here, I carry you. I know it. I'm a, I'm a shepherd. We, we care. And uh, I, I heard some news this week, and it's so sad. And I got so concerned thinking about the consequences of what had happened to this person's life. But you know, I had to do this, cast all my cares. I get lots of cares. And I had to just get with the Lord and say, Lord, I hand them over. And then I said, Lord, actually, you restore the years the locusts have eaten. So I'm putting them in your basket, in your hands, in your wheelbarrow. Bosh. I visually see them go in. When I pray, I cast them. That's it, they're over. They're not with me, they're with him. They've changed hands. We need the kind of faith that changes hands from mine to his. And as I did that, I had this scripture. The Holy Spirit reminded me. He restores the years. I said, Lord, not only do I hand them over and not take, take them on board myself. Because I can't actually. There's nothing I can do. I said, I also believe that you're going to fulfill this word over their life. To restore the years the locust has eaten. And I got up from that moment of prayer and went, happy days, light as a feather. I've done it. I can walk free. And so many Christians walk heavy. And you can see it on their faces. You can see the stress lines. It doesn't do your face much good let alone the stuff going on inside. And Jesus, the one who is your Lord, says, stop it. Cast it. Put them into my hands. Put your life into my hands. Jesus, you know, when he was treated and there was injustice and he was hated, he entrusted himself to the one. Even Jesus had to do this. 
He entrusted, he committed himself. I'm in your hands, Father. It's not on their agenda or their times. I'm putting my trust in you. Amazing. Paul, he said, I know whom I've believed. I know him. And I'm persuaded he is able to keep that which I've committed to him until that final day. Simply trusting Jesus is the way to live free and the way to signs and wonders in those situations you've been worried about. Isn't he wonderful? That's why it's a day of good news. Sunday's good news day. Tell somebody next to you, today's good news day for me. (laughs) Shall we stand? Amen. Good news day for me. Good news day for me too. Oh my goodness, next generation. How will we keep them? By faith. How will we establish who they are? By faith and keeping them in the identity of who God has called them to be. Male and female. In Christ Jesus. Strong in the word of God and in faith. This is who we are, church. And this is who we trust. And some of you might not be able to fully hand over today the things that you've been concerned about. But you have a place with God in your relationship where you can go to him and just pour out your heart and hand especially people over. Hand your health over, your future. Hand your finances over. You know, finances are connected with giving. Financial prosperity is connected with giving. It never won't be. Because we can't expect a harvest where we don't sow. And Jesus says, you know, that we're to bring offerings and tithes into the storehouse. But he promises, and we can pray boldly afterwards. If we do that, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. There is more than enough supply, not just for you, but for every good work to go with it. Our God is faithful. You've got a story of your history. Don't believe the bad news, the giants, the big issues that are going on. Believe God. And let's put our whole lives, families, friends into his hands because he cares. So Jesus, today we want to thank you that you've given your word as, as a light for our path. You've shown us what not to do. We saw with the history of your people how actually you were angry with the way that they refused to trust you. It wasn't a neutral response from you. Because of what you'd already done for them, you expected them to trust you. That they would go into that amazing promised land. And Lord, I pray that all the giants of the land, the giants in this generation, the media giants, the culture giants, the, the, the negative giants that constantly 
attack our minds that they wouldn't be allowed to influence our faith. My faith, Lord. I just want to declare I put my faith in you for the next generation. I put my faith in you for my life. And I put all these beloved people in your wheelbarrow. You're going to bring them to the other side. I believe for the children on the middle floor and downstairs and the children we haven't yet seen born. We believe, Lord, that you are able to save and you're able to keep safe those who put their trust in you. And so when you say, trust me, it comes from a person who's big enough both in power and love to bring us into every good thing you've planned for us. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know, just in this moment, whether you could just take a few moments casting your cares, your individual cares, onto him. Because he cares. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.